Chapter 4 Hidden Features of Invisible Creatures Did you know that a new friend helps you break out of an old routine, said Dionysus. He was an interesting young fellow indeed. Oh, that's news to me, and I'm so glad I met you. Well, how come you didn't mention you got paired up with a spirit too, asked Dionysus. I'm not sure I even knew. Which part, asked Dionysus. I can't remember what happened. I'm not convinced it's even real, because what if this is all a dream? See, the remembering is tough. That's the reason I keep forgetting too, because once a yaksha decides you're the one it likes, then it's always stuck with you, said Dionysus. A yaksha? Well, yeah, that's the word for some of the spirits hiding around nature. Some spirits are like little tiny fairies, and other times they're a bit more fierce and major. Usually they're benevolent, but sometimes they're a little bit mischievous. Some are connected with water, fertility, and treasure, while others are hiding in the forest and wilderness, said Dionysus. Every time I looked at the boy, there seemed to be a new question lingering in my mind. Was I really speaking to this kid? Or was that beast of a demon listening all the time? And what would a yaksha want? Ah, now we're getting somewhere. These yakshas are wanderers. They too are looking for a way to be freed. They pair up with someone who's got a body, and usually they're hiding in the sea, forest, or cities. But ever since the Titans started a mutiny, once my dad started losing his powers, he summoned all the yakshas and put them behind the brass door. Otherwise, they'd fall with the tower, said Dionysus. But if they're ghosts, what does it matter? Why try to contain them? It's almost impossible to get them all together. It's even harder to keep them all in line. But my dad made a pact with the Yaksha spirits and told me that I'd have to release them, but only at the right time, said Dionysus. Reality seemed to bend inside my brain. Everything the boy said had a rhythm, as if something was attached to his mind, feeding all these verses. When the beast comes out, can you see me? Oh, sure. You look like a little tiny ant, said Dionysus. Then why don't you stop the beast? Nothing I can do but try to keep calm, and so I whisper sacred chants. Sometimes I get scared and panic, but I keep reminding the beast that we're here to love and serve others when he's lost and manic. Usually I pray to the angels, and that way they remember to protect all my sisters and brothers. You see, the beast isn't so bad. He's just a destroyer of evil on the run who only obeys my great mother. I found him as a rakshasa since he came to eat my ego away. And in the end, his destruction is for the benefit of everyone, because he comes to pave a new way, said Dionysus. How could that beast be good? Oh, Dionysus, don't tell me you're sick in the head. Surely you've heard of God. Please tell me you don't look up to that demon, because I'm afraid that beast is better off dead. Dead? Well, who else is going to face the wicked ones? That's all he ever comes out to do. And you should remember how the beast only comes out to play when anger and rage comes out from within you, said Dionysus. What? How? Think about it. When you're upset with me, then the beast acts just like a mirror. Because as soon as you become a tough guy, then the beast can smell your fear. He's a protector of the grapevine, and he's trying to preserve the ancient yogi's code. This beast is my family's only chance to survive and it's the best way justice is bestowed. See, someone's got to do the dirty work. 
especially when there are mean people who act with violence. Think about it. Would a hero sit back and watch the world crumble? No way. A good guy refuses to be silent. Whatever you throw at the beast is what the beast throws right back at you. All the beast knows is how to annihilate evil, and that's how we protect what is sacred and true, said Dionysus. You make him sound like a protector, like that beast is a great and mighty redeemer of all. And yet just a few minutes ago, it almost killed me. And if it wasn't for that white crane, I might have been mauled. Well, you've gone behind the brass door, so go on and tell me what your yaksha has come to do. Because if you've seen the spirits behind the brass door, then one of the beast's friends is also inside of you, said Dionysus. Ever since I went into the pyramid, my entire world was turned upside down. Because once I stepped inside the brass door, I wasn't sure what was real because it seemed my mind was breaking down. But have you met yours yet? asked Dionysus. I shook my head no. Then what do you remember? I do have a memory of a ghost, but after they locked me in that cell, they left me caged and confined. Before long, they threw me down here, and that's how I ended up with you. But if a demon really has got a hold on me, then how come it's never come through? Well, you can't think of it as a demon. Otherwise, it'll try to interrupt your life in every single way. You've got to think of it as a good friend who you haven't seen in a long time, and only then it'll come out to play. See, mine's not really a demon. It's more like an angel in disguise. And the only way you'll know what picked you behind the brass door is when you feed your demons with the source of creation and turn it into your ally, said Dionysus. You're a strange little boy. What else is going on in that mind of yours? Dionysus giggled and jumped to his feet. He pulled the flute to his lips when a song rang out as light began to glow from above. Warmth entered into the cavern before the shimmering quiver disappeared from my bones when my ears perked up. Now the boy began to glow bright blue when everything around him was illuminated. Oh, how beautiful the sound was. His radiant skin glowed. Oh, what about that tune? Suddenly this dark and murky cavern beamed with joy even though we were stuck in this underground lagoon. Now the crane added an occasional tick from its beak. The serpent slithered in circles before it rose around my neck when I started to dance on my feet. What's that melody? I've never heard anything like it. The boy winked. Oh, how this dream was tremendous and outrageous, but there was also a certain level of curiosity, which couldn't be contained from my spirit because I was exuberant and full of energy. Anywhere the boy trotted was right where I wanted to go, and all those rhymes he spoke seemed to be everything my curiosity needed to know. Ever seen a full moon? asked Dionysus. He lowered the flute and the music stopped. The cold chill in the cavern came back and the boy no longer glowed with the blue hue. Yeah, I've seen the moon. Dazed and confused, a fog of darkness lingered over all the rocks. What do you make of it? Did the moon ever talk? asked Dionysus. The moon? What does it say? The boy <laughs> chuckled and continued on. It's not something to repeat, but rather you have to hear her on your own. She speaks about cycles, since the moon only speaks when it finds you all alone, said Dionysus. Was he making up these concepts? Oh, how all these ideas came out of empty air and manifested in front of my eyes. There was magic within his voice, a contentment I had not quite found in the old world which seemed to be filled with lies. I couldn't tell you why, 
but there was something strange that pulled me up closer. I had to know what he was up to. What was the secret of the great flute composer? What's gotten into you, my boy? My goal is this, to always put myself in a place in which I am best able to serve. Wherever my gifts and qualities find the best soil, I plant the seeds of ripe action where the goodness of life can be preserved, said Dionysus. He pulled the flute to his mouth, and after one simple breath, another melody rang out before a luminous magnetic field hummed around his body. Green vines began to blossom out of his pants when two stalks with leaves crept out beside his hooves. And after a moment, his breath stopped, the music ended, and the vines disappeared before he galloped higher up the boulders of stone. What was that? Come back here, Dionysus. He skipped across the giant rocks with ease. Some people call it wind. Others call it air. But that breath is the magic I was talking about. And all magic starts from the invocation of a very holy prayer, said Dionysus. Listen to me, my boy. When you play the flute, it was as if my eyes could finally see. Why, yes, this is all just one big maze, isn't it? Now tell me, son, how do we get freed? Dionysus giggled and found his way into an open crevice along the mountain of rock where the great white crane was waiting. He reached his hand inside the opening of the two rocks. Then he scraped some muck into his hands and rejoiced. Here's the grapevine soil. Let us plant fresh seeds. This path is our destiny, and that's how we are freed. What? What's the big deal about the soil? Soil is the ground of life. How else could we plant the seeds of the grapevine? People think soil is just dirty, but I know it as the ground of magic, and so I treat it like a shrine. Oh, this world is our holy altar, and I'm really excited about our quest. The Swami said it's time to grow, and I know this crane knows best, said Dionysus. My mind spewed with nonsense from all the considerations that bounced around in my brain. And what if this boy was not so much flawed or broken, but what if he was gifted and sane? Somehow Dionysus led me on a journey, and I'd failed to notice his exquisiteness hiding all along. But after I heard the flute's melody, I knew that was God's song. The boy spoke of spirits and a secret door up above. I am certain a spirit has claimed him. It is the spirit of love.